Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On today's show, I thought that we would have a different format, a format where you determine what the content is as we are post-Sacramento Kings season. We are entering now into the summer months, although, yes, I understand it's only May, but we are going to be searching for content because there will be no lottery interest from the Sacramento Kings fans this year for the first time since 2006. So fire away at your questions, whether you want to talk about what it was growing up with Mad Dog Russo or going to games as a three-year-old at Yankee Stadium, growing up in that environment, some of the great people that I've been blessed to meet over the years, all you need to do is bring the questions and I will answer them, such as this one, all right, from Dog. Any stories about Bogdan Bogdanovich and the kind of guy he was with the Kings? I'll answer the question this way, Dog. I don't know if I've ever run into anyone that doesn't like Bogey. Now, there are those that have a difference of opinion on how good of a player that he was. No ego. No, me, 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 uh, such a time, uh, always have time for you, polite, respectful, uh, one of my favorites, all right, one of my favorites, so stories about Bogey, I shared many a meal with him on the road, he was such a, just a, a fun guy to talk to, loved learning about growing up in Belgrade and Serbia and everything else. So I really enjoyed talking to him about what it was like when he was younger and the Kings were so good because I had a chance to spend a week over in Belgrade back in 2007. And so it was just interesting to hear what he had to say about all of that. Uh, To this day, I still stay in touch with him. I probably communicate with him three maybe four times during the course of a season. Uh, Justin Snyder said that it was so awesome making my YouTube covers. Well, here's one of the individuals that I wanted to publicly thank. 
And Justin reached out to me and basically made everything look better on my YouTube page, which I put out on Twitter and my social media platforms. And so I think the people like Justin and so many others that have reached out to help me through this entire process, thank you. Uh, I can't say anything other than thank you. All right, so here's a question. Could we have traded for DeJounte Murray instead of Kevin Herter? No, that would not have happened. You know, let's first of all, Kevin Herter had a good year, correct? He had a good year. He did not have a good playoffs. And yeah, there were times when he went through a stretch. Kevin's issue is in his head. That's his issue. I mean, he's very, very talented, but he wasn't talented in the Warriors series they just completed. I mean, I think we could all agree with that. He was subpar. You know, and then he made, what, two big shots at the end of game six, and, you know, everybody went gaga. Well, he was 3 of 11 in that game, all right? It was it was just the way it is, you know? All right, so here's a question. Uh, Alex, was so awesome to see you again at the watch parties. Thank you for doing those. Awesome. Do you have any interesting stories about Magic Johnson? He will always be my all-time favorite. Thank you very much for showing up to the parties. I really appreciate that. I never had a conversation with Magic Johnson, okay? But I will tell you the first time that I did the games in 1988, one of the great thrills that I had as a broadcaster was standing on the floor at the Great Western Forum, getting ready to do a Kings-Lakers game, and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were behind me in the layup lines, and... I just could not believe that I was standing on the same court in arm length away from both of those. I don't have any stories because I did not have a personal connection with Magic. So I I, I can't get into that because I, I don't know the man. But I would just tell you that being in the presence of Kareem and Magic on the floor for the first time at the Great Western Forum was absolutely unbelievable. All right, Fred has a question. Why are so many quick to jump on Herder? This was the best year of his career and a perfect fit on this team. All right, play solid defense too. Well, he was not good in the playoffs, Fred, and I think that's why people are on his case. He was not good, all right, in the playoffs. Somebody wants to know, can we get a podcast with Charles Davis? He's the best, in my opinion. Miss your segments together. I am actually going to be reaching out to Charles very soon. And so the answer to that question is yes. Charles was just getting ready for the NFL draft, which requires a lot of work. And I did not want to uh, bother him with that. But yeah, I will. Absolutely. I will do that. What do the Kings need to make a deeper run in the playoffs next year? Trades or free agent additions. Thank you, William. Maybe both. Maybe both. But I would say that they need a guy that can rebound a hell of a lot better than what they have. You saw that in the Warriors series. And I also think they need a veteran uh, backup point guard. All right. I really do. I really do. All right. Here's a question. Grant, have you seen Antonio Brown's Albany Empire Arena Football League team? I have not. But I did. I did do a game in Albany Years ago, in the Arena Football League, does that count? 
I used to do the San Jose Sabercats for many, 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 many years, many years, and would be traveling all over the country in between Kings games very often to do the arena football games for the San Jose Sabercats. And I really, I enjoyed doing the arena football league. And I worked with Keena Turner, who's one of my favorites, you know, the former linebacker from the 49ers. I worked with George Atkinson. Just, I love George. Absolutely George. Incredible. And uh, worked a game with Jack Tatum. But Keena Turner and George Atkinson, love them. All right? Love them. Absolutely. All right, CD wants to know, could we ever see you call pro wrestling someday? CD, the answer to that question is no. 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 Absolutely not. All right. What would you like me to talk about on this show? What interests you? I know we're getting a lot of questions about what the Kings should do and this and that. Do you have any questions that are different than what we should do in Sacramento? Well, Sea Dog, I will be more than happy to share my experience that I had with my kids at the Super Bowl in Indianapolis the second time the Giants beat the Patriots. I had a friend that had a connection with the Raiders. And so I asked my boys, do you want to go on a family vacation this summer or do you want to go on the Super Bowl? They said, we're going to the Super Bowl. I said, all right, if the Giants make it, we'll go to the Super Bowl. So I got three tickets, face value, $950 each. And the only issue was that the Kings had a game the night before at home against the Warriors. I had a 1220 flight out of San Francisco because there were no late night flights out of Sacramento on a Saturday to get me to Indianapolis in time for the game. So I had arranged my intern, John Wilson, who's phenomenal, works in the Bay Area. And John was just one of my best interns I ever had. And I ended up, I said, John, listen, I'm going to need you to drive me to the airport after the game. I'll pay you. I, I gave him a hundred dollars and the Warriors Kings game went to overtime. The game did not end until after 10 o'clock. And then I got to do my post game. So we run out to the parking lot. All right. And I was letting John use my car to drive back home. So he didn't have to use gas or anything like that. And I was driving like a bat out of hell to get out of the parking lot, which I knew that the ins and outs to get out of that parking lot because I had done it hundreds and hundreds of times at Arco Arena and ended up pulling up in front of SFO, literally running through the airport to security. And we got to the American Airlines gate. And I kid you not, we were the last three to board the airplane. And we made the flight. We had a layover in Dallas of about 90 minutes. I told my boys, sleep on the seats. And it was empty. It was five in the morning. And when we arrived in Indianapolis, the weather could not have been better. There was not a cloud in the sky. It was mild for a February day. We went into a hotel from one of the NBC staffers. One of my uh, uh, workers at the radio station was working for NBC. 
And she allowed us to get a key at the front desk. So we were able to go in, shower up, freshen up, put our New York Giants gear on, went to the game. We were the one of the first people into the Super Bowl four hours before kickoff to just experience everything. And then after the game, when the Giants won, we hung out for a while. Then we drove to Chicago, which was three hours, and ended up getting a hotel room fairly close to Midway Airport. We got to the hotel at like 2.30 in the morning, maybe, and wake up call at 5.30. And I got up, returned the rental car, went to put my boys on their Southwest flight to Sacramento. They had school they had to get to. It was early in the morning, and I ended up taking a flight 45 minutes later through Nashville to go to New Orleans because the Kings that night were playing New Orleans. So that was one of the most amazing 36 hours that I've ever shared with my kids, and they will remember it for the rest of their life. So um, it was amazing. Yeah, I got to tell you, the Super Bowl in 19 – it was January 25th, Cody, 1987. January 25th, 1987. And we had won the lottery to get two tickets on us. I've shared this story. My father didn't want to go. My brother was a school teacher, couldn't go. I had two tickets face value of $75. And I get to L.A. I've never been to L.A. before. It's 76 degrees. And I get on the, the blue super shuttle van, the Van Nuys. And I get to a pay phone. And I call my buddy Mike. I go, hey, I'm here. I'm at the blah, blah, blah. They come pick me up. We go to their place. I'm like, and I'm so excited. I'm so wired. I can't even begin to tell you how wired I am. I'm so wired. And I'm like, what are we doing? And they go, what do you mean, what are we doing? We're going to the game. I'm like, we're going to the game now? They go, yeah, we're going to the game now. They, His brother had rented an RV. We go to the Rose Bowl. And we end up going to the RV parking lot there. And we end up parking right next to John Elway's sister. A huge part of that night, I sold the tickets that I had, the extra ticket for $750. Giants won 39-20. And little did I know. Little did I know that six months later, I'd be living in the state of California, working in Sacramento. The story that I have about Bill Parcells was the Monday night game in San Francisco that the Giants lost 7-3, where Ronnie Lott and Phil Sims got into it at the end of the game. One of the great games that I've ever witnessed. Ronnie Lott also told me it was one of his three favorite games that he ever played in. And Bill was doing his post-game press conference outside the locker room. And somebody asked him a question I don't remember, but his exact response was, I have a feeling we'll be seeing these guys again. And they had them again. The championship game at San Francisco, the game-winning kick by Matt Barr, where if you watch NFL films, you can see me with my big blue and white Shirt jumping up and down after the ball went through the end zone. That's what I remember about Bill Parcells. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the reason why I did not host the postgame show with Ryan is because I had travel issues and it was going to cost me a fortune to change my plans. But the weather in the Northeast was horrible on Sunday and it messed up travel really all over America. So there you have it. That's why I could not do it. I felt bad about it, but there was nothing, nothing that I could do about it. 
have I received any offers to do play-by-play for a team, and would you accept one? Uh, yeah, I probably would accept it if the situation was right. I mean, if I could write my own ticket, then I would become an announcer for a National Hockey League team. Hockey's always been my favorite sport to announce. I've always felt it was my best sport. I always knew in my heart that I could be a top hockey announcer. I never really thought I could be that in basketball, but I always thought that I could be one of the best to do hockey. And all my friends used to tell me the same thing when I announced hockey. I, I That was my sport. So if, if I could write my own ticket, it would be to do the National Hockey League. Well, as far as Dave Yeager replacing Bud in Milwaukee, I mean, Dave's the lead assistant for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I don't know if Milwaukee would have interest in Yeggs or not. Uh, I have never met Lou Kornesecker or Jim Beheim. I wish I did. I would love to hear some stories, all right? Somebody wants to know, I would love to hear stories about Peja. How did he act? Was he funny or serious? Peja was both. When he needed to be serious, he was serious, but he was funny as can be, was always laughing, was always joking. And a lot of times, and I mean this in all due respect, early in his career, it was very difficult to understand it because he had such a thick Serbian accent. And he still does, by the way. But it's, you know, again, with time. But early on, uh, he was always, I mean, it, he was always laughing at the, you got to understand Jason Williams, Chris Weber, Flatty Divots, that whole crew. It was like being in a comedy show every day. So Peja was always laughing, but when he needed to be serious, he was serious. No question about that. Very good question. The chances that MLB owners block votes and the Oakland A's move to Vegas. I don't know how anyone could block the A's from moving anywhere. It's not working in Oakland. It's an embarrassment, is it not? I mean, it's embarrassing. Funny Jerry Reynolds stories on the road. I'll never forget, we were checking in to the Arizona Biltmore, getting ready to play the Phoenix Suns, and it was late afternoon. Wasn't yet dark, but it was dusk, and... To get to your rooms, you had to walk outside. And depending on what block of rooms you were, right? So anyway, Jerry had his bag and Jerry is walking down the sidewalk. And again, it's not like real light out, but it's not pitch dark. Okay. I'm trying to set this as best I can. And Vladi had hid behind one of the trees on the side of the building. And so Jerry comes walking down with his suitcase and Vladi jumps out and screams. And you were, I'm surprised Jerry didn't pee his pants. You Jerry looked like he had seen a real live ghost or a real live monster. And Jerry screamed and uh, everyone just got a real kick out of that. Other story about Jerry that is truly one of my favorites is we were in Memphis and we stayed at the Peabody hotel and they had a store in the lobby called Lansky's Brothers. And it had all of the vintage Elvis Presley stuff. And it was a very fine men's clothing store as well. Well, Jerry goes to unpack and he forgot his dress pants. So Jerry goes down to Lansky's Brothers. And again, it's a very up end men's clothing store. 
and he ends up buying a pair of gray slacks. And so anyway, we get on the bus and he was telling everyone the story. And he said he paid $300 for the pair of pants. Now, Jerry's entire wardrobe may not have been $300, okay? <laughs> may not have been $300. And I will just tell you that that was hilarious on the air. And I said, Jerry, you got a nice new pair of pants. And he said, he relayed the story and said, yeah, he goes, not only are these my dress pants, they're my workout clothes, they're my pajamas, they're my everything. And then I said to him, I go, Jerry, I don't know if you're aware of this, if you thought about this, but on TV, they only shoot us from like the mid section of our body up. You could wear shorts and nobody would know it. And he looks at me, he goes, that's a good point. I wonder if I can return these pants after the game. I said, Jerry, you could have been Hot Rod Hunley. Just wear your jeans to the game with your jacket, tie, and shirt. You spent $300 on a pair of pants that nobody would see. Why, Jerry? So there were a lot of stories that we had with Jerry. Always great. Um, my thoughts on Monty McNair winning executive of the year. Who else would be the executive of the year? I don't even think it would be close, right? Who else? Who did a better job than Monty McNair? All right. Who would who would be better? Who would be better? All right. So this is an interesting question. Hockey, basketball, football. What's your favorite sport? In this order, I would say the NFL and hockey are a 1A and a 1B, depending on what type of the year. Like right now, the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think it's the best thing going. I watch hockey every single night. And then I would put basketball after that. So it's football, hockey, basketball would be third on my list. I love basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I don't love it more than hockey uh, or football. Now you also have to understand I grew up as a kid at three years of age, going to NFL games every Sunday. All right. Every Sunday. And I will tell you that that's always ingrained. It's always a fabric of who I am. It really is. All right. So they want to know how Jerry and I felt when the refs, Won the game for the Lakers, game six, 2002. We could have clinched the West. I still haven't seen a replay of the worst game ever officiated. You don't want to see a replay because it's worse when you watch it than it was in real life. Everyone knew the Kings got completely railroaded in that game. Everyone knew that, okay? But the Kings missed 14 free throws on their home floor in game seven. And that's just as painful as what happened in game six. All right. Uh, did Jim Moore ever say to you, are we ever going to win? Say that to me? Well, I used to have a show. With, am I, I don't know if I'm reading this correctly, MJ. I used to have a show with Mike Lamb when Mike was my co-host each and every week with Jim Moore. And I will say this. One of the great stories that Jim Moore told on our radio show is when the Colts had the number one pick. And they were deciding between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. And Jim came on the radio and he explained why they took Peyton Manning. He said, fellas, we took Peyton Manning because when we had the interview, I asked them, if we draft you, Peyton, what are you going to do next? He said, I'll be at your facility the next day with the playbook ready to go to work. Asked the same question to Ryan Leaf. And Ryan said, well, I'm going to go to Hawaii and celebrate with my buddies for a while. And then right then and there, Jim Moore said, 
in the organization, Peyton Manning is our guy. How about that? Peyton, I'll be there tomorrow morning and I'll be working. Ryan Leaf, I'm going to Hawaii and celebrate with my friends. Loved. Loved. All right? Incredible. Somebody said, if I can say what's on my mind to Cage to K, what would it be? Well, I can say whatever I want on my mind. I think everyone knows what happened, that they panicked when they fired me. Everyone knows that. And I'm hoping that I prevail in a court of law and that I'm vindicated. But I hope that I prevail in the lawsuit because I want this to be a landmark decision that people's lives, like Adam Silver said about Rachel Nichols, you know, people with a proven track record should not lose their job over a single comment. That's what Adam Silver said when Rachel Nichols went through her saga at ESPN. So there you have it. Uh, I'm not a big soccer fan. I'm not a big soccer fan. I did enjoy watching the World Cup final this year, though. I thought it was great, great drama with uh, Argentina and France. Uh, thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. I hope I get my justice, too. All right. Uh, if you want to ask me a question, hit me up. All right. Well, first of all, Ryan Leaf debunked it and said it's false on the Dan Patrick show last week. He never said that. Well, no disrespect, but I'm going to take the word of Jim Moore over the word of Ryan Leaf. All right. So, you know, I doubt very much that Jim Moore would come on the radio show and lie about that and make up a story. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to side with Jim Moore on that. All right. Somebody said, Grant, I saw your One Nation segment. What was that like? Uh, you look sharp and love the background. Well, I went to a studio in Sacramento. They set it up for me. And uh, I, I don't know what else to add. I don't get nervous in front of lights and a camera, which helped me because it was national TV. And a, 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 a lot of people watch Brian Kilmeade on Fox. And a lot of people watch that show. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't mess up and, it was important to me to get the word out, uh, but I was grateful for Brian uh, having me on. I thought it was, you know, very nice that he asked me or his producer uh, asked me to come on. No, uh, Miami. Does that look like Cancun? Miami. I guess it does look a little like Cancun. Miami. Miami, Florida. There you have it. All right. If you want to uh, hit me up, please do so. Hey, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you in part by Bennett's with a third location coming to you soon to Rockland, Bennett's in Roseville and Sacramento. Their prime seafood and steaks, incredible. If I'm doing seafood, I love the redfish with a side of sautéed spinach. If I'm doing steak, their New York is absolutely to die for. They got the weekend prime rib, the weekend brunch. Don't forget, if you have not yet made your Mother's Day reservation, you better do it soon by going to Bennett'sRestaurants.com, Bennett's restaurants.com. You will love everything about Bennett's. All right. So as I'm doing this, my, uh, let me, uh, see, this is called live here. Put on my, there we go. Make sure that my laptop doesn't run out. I lose my uh, programming here. There we have it. Uh, more questions. What do you want to talk? What do you want me to get into? Would I ever consider coming back and work for the Kings Reality is you are missed. Well, thank you very much. I am keeping every single option open. All right? Every single option open. I'm not 
dismissing any opportunity that would come my way. It's a very good question about Ben McLemore. You know, Ben actually did become, you know, late in his career, uh, a, a, a good player. But with Sacramento and really after that, it, it didn't blossom until really at the end of his career. I His motor, his, uh, his personality to me did not lend itself to being consistent on a night-to-night basis, all right? So I'm not really sure how to answer that question other than there was just something about his personality that did not resonate with me where I said to myself, wow, this guy's going to be a really good NBA player. Too lackadaisical at times, great guy. I mean, if you talk to Ben, you'd say, wow, nicest guy in the world. But his he was too nice, I think, you know? I, I It was too nice, too nice. What is the latest at NBA expansion? Which cities are likely to get and, well, when it happens, you protect eight players. I still think Seattle's going to get a team, but Adam Silver made it very clear again that it's not on the front burner. So I, I'm waiting just like everyone else, and we'll see. Someone asked, Justin asked, what was Jeff Petrie like? Very quiet, very reserved, smart as can be. Princeton grad, uh, if you got him alone, well, had a very dry sense of humor. Uh, I love being around Jeff. Love being around Jeff. Really did. And those were some great years uh, in Sacramento. All right, fire away again with some more questions. Love doing this. Uh, do love Prime 112 in Miami, the steakhouse. I would agree with you there. My favorite restaurant, though, is McCormick and Schmick's about, oh, a five-minute walk from Prime 112 where when you sit outside at the bar or at their tables right on the water, all the cruise ships go by. So I love doing that. I go down there about once every three or four weeks on a Saturday or a Sunday when the port is full of ships. And I get out there at about 4.30. And between 4.30 and 7.30, you see all the, the cruise ships go right by. And I mean, they're, they they go by where you can actually talk to the people on the ship if you want. You can hear the music and the partying already. And I absolutely, you know, do love that. It's great. It's called, uh, again, it's right on the water. All right. So go check it out. All right. Uh, the other place that I love right near there is Smith and Walensky's. So go to Smith and Walensky's. Smith and Walensky's is at South Point, And you can sit at the bar. And go outside. So go to Smith and Walensky's, all right, and order their their uh, tomahawk. It's unfreaking believable, all right. It's unbelievable. Go order their tomahawk at Smith and Walensky's right on the water. That would be my number one choice. Forget about the first one I said. Go to go to Smith and Walensky's. All right. Uh, do I think the New York Rangers season was a success? No, it was not a success. They just lost to. New Jersey in seven games. It was a failure. Sorry, Giannis, but that was not a success. All right. Uh, here we go. Grant, do you miss golfing at any course here in Sacramento? Mm, not really. I mean, I like a lot of the courses. Do I miss? Not, not really. I would say I miss. I enjoy playing when I get a chance. So I wouldn't say I miss any particular course. All right. You know, I could ask Jeff Riley 
to get Jeff Petrie on a future podcast. I remember his beautiful wife dancing on the court. Jeff is not a great interview, and I say that in all due respect, if Jeff were to watch this, he's not a great interview. I mean, he's very dry. He's very monotone. I, I've never thought that it would make for an interesting podcast. And I, that's no slight on the man. That's just the way his personality is. And I have the utmost respect for him. So for that reason, probably not. All right? Probably not. Uh, was there any hazing against DeMarcus when he was a rookie? Well, I think all rookies, to a degree, are hazed. Um he had to go get food for the vets and things like that when we were traveling. So if you call that hazing, then yes. But everyone went through that, you know. I am going to get Scott on. Scott is definitely coming on. He's been on before, uh, and he will be on again. You know, Scott would not mind me saying this because he has uh, talked about this. But Scott's been going through a very difficult time with heart issues. And he's had a couple of procedures. And I'm waiting until uh, everything is in the rearview mirror uh, before I ask him in. All right, to join me. So I will, though. I will. Absolutely. All right, what were my announcers in the day? Well, Marv Albert was my favorite announcer. It's the reason why I got started in uh, broadcasting. And then on TV, we had Warner Wolf on Channel 2. Let's go to the video tape. And then, you know, he would be doing the highlights of a game. And that made it 66 to 40. Turned the sets off right there. The next go on, I went 118 to 94. You know, or then he would always say, you know, if there was a spread in college football, let's say, and or college basketball, he would hold up a sign. And if you had Connecticut and plus 34, you lost. And he'd have the UConn plus 34 or what have you. I mean, he, he was great. He was very unique. He also did uh, Monday night baseball for a while when they had Monday night baseball. So it was always fun. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have NBA broadcasters past and present coming on, Cody. I've done that. I've had several on, and I will be asking uh, many more to come on, particularly on this summer. Well, you know, Vladi offered to come on, and he said whatever I need, uh, we would do. I was with Vladi last week a couple of times, so uh, I may. I, I may get him on, okay? He said he would do whatever I want. So if you want him on, you let me know if there's enough interest. Uh, I would definitely get him on. Yeah, I know, Patrick. Warner was great, huh? Let's go to the videotape. Ah, uh, let's turn the sets off right there. Love Warner Wolf. Love Warner. He was tremendous. Yeah, oh, I'm praying for Scott too, you know? Absolutely. Uh, would I ever bring DMC on my show? That was a question. You know, the, the, the reality is if he wanted to come on, yeah, I would have him on. I would say the chances of that happening are slim and none. And Slim just left for Asia on the flight an hour ago and nonstop. But if he wanted to come on, would I have him on? I would, you know. Uh, I had Charles on, Charles Barkley. Somebody said I could get Charles Barkley on. Charles was my first ever guest on my podcast, and I'm grateful for that, you know. Absolutely grateful for that. All right, what else are you interested in? This is a great question. Vladi must have been proud of how the Kings did this season. Fox has been brilliant. I'll tell you how proud he was. He went to the first two games, all right? He wanted to be there. And he told me, did you see the hug after game one that he had on the floor with De'Aaron Fox? Vladi is ecstatic for the Kings. Feels very proud and very happy for all the Kings fans. We talked about that when I met him 
when he had coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, just for the record. I was having my uh, iced tea. But he talked to me about how proud he was and how happy he is for the Kings fans. The one thing about Vladi, you can be upset at, you know, he didn't take Luca. You can be upset at all you want. He loves this franchise in Sacramento. He he, You can't take that away from him. And he still roots for the team and still wants them to do well. So, you know, never forget that. All right. You know what? Um, I'm old fashioned like this because I'm in hockey where they beat the hell out of each other for four, five, six, seven games. And they end up with the ceremonial handshake. And you could have gotten pummeled by a guy. You could have whatever. And you shake hands. So I'm old fashioned. I don't like it. Uh, but I understand it. You know, I understand the lack of respect for Draymond Green. Absolutely. Well, again, I'm not, I'll let Vladi say this if he comes on. The main reason why the Kings did not take Luka was De'Aaron. Now, in all fairness, and I did talk about this with Vladi, he thought that the De'Aaron Fox that we saw this year, we would have seen two or three years ago, and we didn't. But when this book is all done, okay, when we're all done, then I will just tell you, you may look back and say that keeping De'Aaron Fox on the team was the best thing, the best thing that Vladi Divac ever did. Because the reality is, if the Kings had drafted Luka, De'Aaron Fox would not be on the Kings anymore. Any truth of Vladi having a beef with Luka's dad and that being why he didn't want to take him. All right, you ready for this story? I just talked about this with Vladi because we just laughed about that. The Kings had been playing the Knicks and they had a day off and then they were in Washington. So I wanted to stay in New York and Vladi stayed in New York. So we were taking Amtrak from New York to Washington and we are standing in the waiting area at Penn Station in Midtown Manhattan, Amtrak. And Vladi answers his phone, and he's talking Serbian, and he's laughing. And he laughs some more. And again, I don't understand Serbian, so I have no idea. And the conversation goes on for a couple minutes, and he's laughing again. And he puts the phone down, and he looks at me, he goes, you know who that was? Now, that week, there had been the report coming out that's saying the reason why the Kings did not draft Luca was because of the beef that Vladi had with his father. He goes, guess who that was? I go, I have no idea. He goes, that was Luca's dad. I go, you were shitting me. He goes, no, that was Luca's dad. And he goes, can you believe that? He goes, people actually think that Luca's not on the team because I had a beef with his dad. We've known each other forever. We are always communicating when I'm in Serbia, we can hang out together or wherever we're at in that part of the world. And I see him and we will get together. I'm like, you are kidding me. He goes like, no, he called me to say, can you believe how stupid this is that there's actually a report out there that we had a beef with one another. So yeah, you just can't make this stuff up. You just can't make this stuff up. Yeah. The Bagley pick was horrible, but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is, when this book is done being written and there's a lot of chapters left, you may end up saying that as bad as the Bagley pick was, not picking Luca, okay, worked out. And that's only if the Kings win a championship, okay, 
and the Mavericks don't, or because if the Mavericks win a championship with Luka and the Kings never do, you'll never be able to say that. You'll, you'll always go back and say, gee, what if, what if, what if? But I'm only saying, if you look at De'Aaron Fox right now, based on what we just saw, and he's still not even really, well, he's just entering the prime of his career. You may, you may look back and say, wow, maybe not taking Luka was the right move because Fox wouldn't have been on the Kings. Again, you can't say that yet, but you might be able to say that. You might be able to say that. All right. Yeah, I do talk to him about it all the time. And his main reason is because he thought Fox would be a superstar and that he didn't think those two would be able to play together. And if he drafted Luca, he would have to trade Fox. That was the main reason. All right. Any more questions about stories from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? I'm really enjoying doing this. And I have enjoyed answering a lot of your questions. But do you have any questions about maybe topics that I have not gone over or anything else? All right. Anything else? I also want to say thank you to New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They've been with me from day one. I greatly appreciate their loyalty, their sponsorship. If you have any plumbing needs, if you have any repairs that need to be done, just go to sacserviceplumbing.com. That's sacserviceplumbing.com. Or call 916-713-1010. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. I've enjoyed doing this. All right, do you think I should do this once a week where I just get on and we have a round table? Would you like that? Reggie Theus stories. Someone wants me to talk about Reggie Theus. Where do I start with Reggie? Okay, so I moved to Sacramento in July of 1987. Now, for those of you that weren't born yet or hadn't yet resided in Sacramento, let me explain something to you about Sacramento. Somebody explained it to me as nothing in the middle of everything. And that was very true in 1987. Roseville did not exist. Much of Folsom did not exist. There was nowhere to go in Sacramento. It was the worst place that you could ever be for nightlife. And here I am at 26, 27 years old. And so after the first couple of months getting to know Reggie Theus, there was a, there was a nightclub right across from Arden Fair Mall next to the old Peppermill Diner restaurant. Is the Peppermill still there? I don't even know. But in that shopping area across from Arden Fair Mall, it was called Confetti's. And it was a big bar and nightclub, and it was the only place to go. And so I would go there, and Harold Presley would be there, and Reggie Theus would be there. And, you know, Reggie, Mr. GQ, Mr. Suave, would always be looking like, you know, a million bucks. And Reggie was the nicest guy in the world. To this day, Reggie's a a, a very good friend of mine. I mean, if I called Reggie right now and said, Reggie, I'm, I'm having a problem, I need help. He would help me. That's the type of person Reggie Theus is. I mean, Reggie was a tremendous player for Sacramento, then later on became the coach. But hanging out with Reggie early on in my days in Sacramento where I didn't know anybody, let me just tell you, that was a lot of fun. Then the other great story, when the Kings played at the first Arco, the (laughs) 10,333, Reggie was hurt. He wasn't playing one night. And I was sitting next to Tom Curran, 
Tom was the TV announcer for the first three years of the Kings on Channel 13. And uh, then the national anthem starts, and he kind of gives me an elbow. I'm like, what? He goes, look at Reggie. And I start like, <laughs> and Reggie was dressed in this lime-colored leisure suit. Now, leisure suits back in that time were pretty popular. Just go watch Saturday Night Fever, all right, with John Travolta. You get an idea. And we're, we're smirking, and Reggie looks over his shoulder, and he sees that we're laughing. And Reggie comes over, goes, what are you guys, what's so funny? And Tom goes, Reggie, we, we were just talking about your leisure suit and how you're the only one in all of Sacramento that can get away with wearing that. And we were laughing because we said, can you picture us in a leisure suit? And if you know Reggie, Reggie just had this very uh, – Reggie had an has an incredible laugh. Like his laugh is infectious. Like when Reggie laughs, you laugh. And he just cracked up over that. So Reggie, Theus, tough as nails, great guy. And to this day is a dear friend. So appreciate that. Yeah, leisure suit. That's right. A leisure suit. It was a suit. They called it a leisure suit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. Google leisure suit from that time frame. Grant, what do you expect the Kings to do in the offseason? Do you feel like Monty will make any moves in free agency? And who could be a contributor from this draft class that can come in and help next season? I don't think you're going to get anybody in this draft that's really going to help the team unless you get really lucky. Uh, yeah, Monty's going to make some moves. He has to, Lydia. He saw what happened in the playoffs. They have a couple of voids, and I think that they will go out and will fix them. All right? So, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Grant, how do you think the New York sports media will deal with Rodgers? The same way they deal with anyone else. I mean, if he missteps, speaks out of turn, uh, does some of the things that he was doing in Green Bay, they'll kill him. And Aaron knows that too. And Aaron is going to be able to handle that. So the New York media will handle Aaron Rodgers the same way they've handled other star athletes in that town. And I think that's going to be a big part of Aaron's success or lack thereof in New York. And that is how he handles the media. Ryan wants to know what turns the Kings into a contender. Well, Another superstar, you're not going to get another superstar unless there's a player on your roster already that turns into a superstar. Well, I think they need one more big man, and I do think they need a backup point guard, uh, and I think they could be right there. You got to think Keegan Murray's only going to get better, right? Keegan's only going to get better. So I, I look at that and say that's a real big plus. Here, Here's the biggest concern that I have that nobody has the answer to because nobody has a crystal ball. The King's success is largely going to depend on De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox, when he's in the lineup, the Kings are a dynamic team. And they're a team that's never out of a game. And they're a team that, to me, is going to be a 50-win team next year. If De'Aaron Fox is hurt for any period of time, I think the Kings become the Phoenix Suns this year, where without Devin Booker, they couldn't win a game. I think that you have to pray that De'Aaron Fox has health, because if he gets hurt for any period of time, it will set it back. Grant, I think you should do this five days a week. This is awesome. Well, thank you very much. I don't know if I'll do it five days a week, but I'll do it a minimum of one day a week. Why can't Sacramento get another superstar? Do you realize that superstars don't grow on trees? 
Do you realize? No, it has nothing to do with living here. Do you know that there are only a handful of superstars in the NBA? Count them on both fingers. There aren't, and there you wouldn't even be able to. There are not ten superstars in the NBA. Superstars are players that are difference makers. Superstars are players that can put a team on their back and say, "Follow me, boys." That's what De'Aaron Fox did. Superstars like LeBron James. Superstars like Steph Curry. Okay, those players are not plentiful, so it's very difficult to get a superstar. Very difficult. Now, to get an all-star, you have to trade an all-star caliber player. So the Kings got Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton. So yeah, you can always add an all-star, but you have to give up a really good player to get an all-star. You know that because the Kings gave up Tyrese Halliburton, and we saw him be an all-star this year. So understand that, okay? Understand that. Uh, You're talking about confettis? It was on Arden Fair, okay? It was on Arden Way. Confettis was on Arden Way directly across from Arden Fair Mall. And it was the only place to go in Sacramento. And there were two places to go. You would eat at TGIF Fridays if you could get there before it closed. And then you would go to confettis. That's it. And then the pepper mill. That was the third. That's it. Nowhere else to go. Everything closed early. Everything was dead by nine o'clock at night. Literally dead. Nothing other than confettis. All right. Well, Stan, does Fox have does Fox have superstar potential? I'll ask the question this way, Stan. Or excuse me, I'll answer the question this way. Did you watch him play? In the recent playoffs, did you see how he played, even with a broken finger? So does he have a superstar potential? I think he elevated himself in these playoffs from all-star to a superstar. I think now he's one of the elite players in the NBA. And he showed that he's an elite player in the NBA. And he should continue to improve. So, yes, I think he is. All right? This is a outstanding message. Outstanding, Jason. Superstar equals generational talent. Thank you. You you said that a lot better than I did, and I appreciate that. You are absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So this is fun. I've enjoyed doing this. Why don't we do this every week, all right? You can fire random questions at me. And we will have a lot of fun doing this. I appreciate each and every one of you. I really do. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock show over on Listen App. And then next week, we'll continue with our programming. I'm going to also be doing interviews right here on YouTube. And if you subscribe, you'll get notified of every time I'm doing live content. So if you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe. And also, if you would not mind, hit the thumbs up, hit the like button. And we would do that. Rant of the day. All right, I'll end with a rant of the day. But you folks on the stream will give me ideas what to rant for. So I will give you a rant of the day, but you got to fire away. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me right here. All right? Open form YouTube. I like it too. We're going to be doing this a lot. What do you think? What do you want me to rant on? You tell me. All right. Thank you, Riley. Appreciate your feedback. All right. 
question and Q&A with Grant. Love the Q&A with Grant. What do you want me to rant on? What do you think? You got a good rant idea? If not, we'll table it. Uh, I did a rant. I'm trying to think what I could rant on. Rant about the softness of the NBA. NBA firing championship coaches. Mm, that happens a lot. Uh, rant on the Alabama baseball coach and the gambling accusations. Game seven coaching failure. I'm not going to rant on Mike Brown because he had a hell of a year. You know, I, I, I just don't feel right ranting on him. Uh, he just, he was unanimous coach of the year, you know? So I, I would say that. I already ranted on Dylan Brooks this week. You can check it out. All right. You can check it out. Uh, the A's, but it's too easy. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't like what I had to say about the A's probably, but I'm not going to rant on them. Uh, I, you know what? I, I like the baseball rule timers. You don't like it? I like it. I think it's great for the game. I'm a big fan. You know, I'm a big fan. You know, you want me to rant on Draymond Green? All right. I'll rant on Draymond Green. Here we go. Hey, today's rant is brought to you by Zoom 180. Go to Zoom180.com and check out this revolutionary new flashlight, Zoom180.com. It is absolutely unbelievable. So the new media, Draymond Green, again, gets suspended in a series between the Kings and the Warriors. And somehow, some way, the Warriors win that game. Draymond's always popping. He's always talking, always moving those lips, right? Never stops. You know, now he's criticizing Domantas Sabonis for not shaking his hand, right? Saying that he lost respect for Sabonis. You know, there are probably a lot of players in the NBA that would not want to shake Draymond Green's hand. And I don't want to contradict myself from what I said a couple of moments ago. I'm old-fashioned. I do believe in sportsmanship, and I believe it is a bad look. But Draymond Green, did he not just stomp on Sabonis' chest? and then made it seem like he didn't do anything wrong in the post-game press conference? Why would DeMontis Sabonis respect Draymond Green and want to go over and shake his hand? Draymond is a hell of a basketball player. He showed that in the series that was just played. But Draymond is a bona fide, ego-freaking-maniac. You know, his podcast, his new media. I mean, here's a guy that last summer calls Kendrick Perkins, the former NBA player in ESPN, talent, if I can use the word talent loosely. I mean, when I think of Kendrick Perkins, I don't think about talent. Calls him a racial slur, okay? And then only apologizes after meeting with Joe Dumars and Commissioner Adam Silver, realizing that it was wrong. Really? The NBA didn't suspend him. They didn't find him. The Warriors didn't even make any statement. Hypocritical, double standard, the new media this, new media that. This is a guy that, you know, complains about the fans being vile towards him, but this is the same guy that in Memphis last year gave the double bird to the fans as he was ejected in game two of the Grizzlies-Warriors series. Here's the problem that I have with Green. It's never his fault, right? We saw what happened in training camp, the sucker punch to Jordan Poole. It's always somebody else's fault. There's always another reason. There's always like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, I'm not going to change. He said after he got ejected and gave the double bird in Memphis, he said, <laughs> he laughed. He goes, I'm not too concerned about what's going to happen to me because I'm making $25 million this year. Again, the guy is an ego freaking maniac. And you know what the sad thing is? There are other teams in the NBA that would take Draymond Green and they would put up with this nonsense if they win. And you know what bothers me too about Green is the pass that the Warriors give him and the fans. They give him a pass. 
You know, you see every time he came into the game, they gave him a standing ovation. You know what would be great just one time? It would be great if a home fan base of a player that's repeatedly suspended, does stupid things, if just one time when the player was introduced and walked onto the floor, if everyone in the arena would boo, that would send a message that, you know what, enough is enough. Stop embarrassing us as a franchise and as a fan base. But because the Warriors won the championship last year and they've won three others with Draymond Green on them, they turn their head the other way. They turn their head and they go, he's helping my team win, so it's okay. You know, and I know, if you're a Warriors fan, if Draymond Green left the Warriors, you would boo his ass off the floor the first time he came into the arena. I, for one, have zero, zero, zero respect for Green. He's a hypocrite. He's an egomaniac. And he thinks he runs the world. And you know what the sad thing is? People continue to give him the platform to act like he is God of the NBA. Not for me, he's not. He's a turnoff. He's a turnoff. Draymond Green to me is pathetic. And that's my rant for today. Let's now get to our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Dominic asks, anything surprise you about the NFL draft? Good question. I didn't think the quarterbacks would go the way they did, and I thought Houston taking C.J. Stroud was a little bit of a surprise. So, yeah, I wasn't shocked, but a little bit of a surprise. Blake wants to know, I saw this question on the ringer. Will the Warriors or Lakers wear down first? Great question. Obviously, the series tied at a game apiece right now. I think you always have to be concerned about Anthony Davis. The Warriors have been there many times, so... They've got age on their team. You know, the games went for the Warriors Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Now they have off a couple of days. I don't have the answer to that question, but I think it's a very good question. Brian wants to know, do you think more NBA fans will now pay attention to the Kings? Yeah, I do, Brian. I think a lot of the fans watch the Kings for their first time in succession, and I think they like what they saw. Spencer wants to know, is Jimmy Butler an all-time playoff performer in your eyes? All-time? No. I mean, you got to be standing with the hardware at the end of the year. Jason wants to know who's your NBA first-round MVP. All right, well, there I go. I'll give it to Jimmy Butler. He was sensational in the first series against the Milwaukee Bucks. He was sensational, just sensational. Casey asks, are you surprised Game 4 of the Kings Warriors received over 10 million views? Yeah, I am a little surprised. You know, the ratings have been very good so far this year in the playoffs. Tony wants to know, do I agree with Greg Anthony, that the best players to ever play the game of basketball are playing in the NBA right now? No, I do not agree with that. I think that every era can say, well, gee, this was, you know, the best era and these were the best players. Obviously, with the advent of medical technology and things of that nature, training aids, you would say, well, gee, the players now are better than the players 30 years ago. But if the players 30 years ago had at their disposal what the players have now, no, I don't agree with that at all. So you're telling me that you think right now it's better than when Magic and Bird played or when Michael Jordan played? I don't agree with that. I don't. Sam wants to know, is Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic more important to the Nuggets? Well, to me, it's Nikola Jokic. Jimmy asks, will Game 7 be one of Steph's most iconic performances at the end of his career? 
assuming that he's at the end of his career. Who knows with him? But yeah, it definitely goes down as iconic. Brandon wants to know how much of the Kings losing had to do with playoff inexperience. I think a lot. I called that before the start of the series that I thought that would be the big difference. Trevor wants to know, is there anything you can explain about recently about what recently happened with your lawsuit? Sure. Uh, We have 21 days to amend our complaint uh, from the judge making the ruling, and we are in the midst of amending our complaint, and it will be filed probably uh, this coming week, and I will keep you up to date on any developments. Kyle wants to know, do you expect the Knicks to make it past the second round? Yeah, I I do. I actually do. You know, the series is tied at one apiece. I think at some point it's got to catch up with Miami. I am picking the Knicks. I think it's going to be a hell of a series, though. It is going to be a hell of a series. Uh, Parker wants to know, should teams be concerned by C.J. Stroud having the lowest quarterback 52 cognitive test score in the draft? You know, I I talked about, is it S2 cognitive or 52? I I really don't even know what the hell the name of the test is called. I talked about this with Sean Salisbury on a recent episode on Monday, and he, he got into that. I don't really know how that translates into being a quarterback in the National Football League. I think it's a little bit overdone. I really do. I think it's a little bit overdone, and Sean agreed with that as well. Reid wants to know, what teams do you think will make the NHL Conference Finals? So I think the winner of the Vegas Edmonton, well, you, you asked this question before these series began, so I'll say Vegas, and I will say Florida. How's that for you? But I, the Edmonton-Vegas series is going to be an absolute dandy. An absolute dandy. Uh, Rob wants to know, have I ever seen a pro team like the A's have lower game attendance than what all their minor league affiliates averaged last season? No, it's unbelievable, Rob. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Man. Alex wants to know, with the amount of missed calls the NBA admits to, do you think refs make too many across the entire season? I think it's impossible to call these games the way you as a fan want them to be called. So I think that's part of it. With that said, Alex, I thought the officials made a lot of uh, mistakes at the end of games this year. It was not their best season. That is for darn sure. All right? Dakota wants to know, what's your take on Pat Beverly saying half of NBA players don't love basketball? I think he's absurd to say that. I think there are some, but half of NBA players don't love basketball? I think Pat is delusional. That's what I think. I really do. Colby wants to know, will the team sign Dylan Brooks before next season starts? Yeah, they'll sign him. Absolutely. Ross wants to know, could I see Mexico City ever getting an MLB team? You know, Ross, with the altitude at, what, over 8,000 feet, I I don't see how you could have baseball there. I mean, we talk about what it's like at Coors Field in Denver. I mean, I don't know what, I I don't know how you could have that, Ross. I, I don't know what that would do to the game. I really don't. I just don't. All right, go to crowdultra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Hey, I hope you like my open forum, the Q&A. We'll do that again next week as well. Have yourself a fabulous weekend, and thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That. So long, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.